Oh, all right, good morning, everyone. 9.30, time to get started. I'm going to get a drink of my water real quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get started. I'm finally starting to get used to only having a few people in here. It's still odd, but I'm, I'm finally starting to get used to it. But let's, uh, we'll get started with a word of prayer, and then we'll uh, continue on in this series. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings that you give us, and all, as always, the opportunity we have to gather together and, and worship you, to study your word, to learn more about you, and, and hopefully we take what we learn and we can apply it and, and take it out to our, on our everyday lives and use it to bring others to you, Lord. I ask that you continue to be with us as we, we go through the, this virus situation that you continue to allow it to improve for those who are sick to get better and for the numbers to decrease and for us to be able to, to get back uh, somewhat to a normal uh, routine in, in, in life, Lord. And just ask you to be with all those who are sick, who need our prayers, and we just thank you for everything you do for us and for sending your son to Donna Cross. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right. Yeah, it is. I believe it is. I, I, can y'all hear me in here? Okay. Yeah, it's on. I'm good. You can turn me up a little bit more if you need to. Uh, Kyle, can you hear me? Okay. So we're going to continue this series, and, and I, I called this series A Day in the Life, and I, I joked um, last week that I did not realize this was a Beatles song when I had already titled it and started doing some uh, Google searches around it, but it's interesting. Um, to review real quick, what we've done and what we're, what we're doing is, is we're going through the lives of, and in this situation, we're going to try to cover three aspects. This one here is where um, we're going through a, a non- or unchristian, uh, non-churched person, as we use a lot of times in the vocabulary. Basically, people who've never really had any kind of church introduction or existence whatsoever. Uh, what we're going to start next week is we're going to look at things from a Christian standpoint, people who kind of grew up in the church, raised in the church. And then the third se- uh, part of this series that we're going to look at is going to be life as a Christian, kind of what we ha- you know, from two different viewpoints of, of how we should go through our, our everyday lives and maybe what that will look like in some cases and what maybe it should look like in, in other cases. But um, I'm going to stick with two terminologies i'm going to i'm going to present these every uh, week and the first one's sympathy and that is a shared feeling usually of sorrow pity or compassion for another person you show concern for another person when you feel sympathy for them so you you feel bad for them you feel bad for their their situation when you express sympathy but what we're looking for here is empathy and this is going beyond sympathy it's stronger than sympathy sympathy say that real quick and you get tongue-tied it's the ability to put yourself in the place of another and understand someone else's feelings by identifying with them. So actually kind of putting yourselves in their shoes to understand what they're going through and have more of a connection with them, and that's empathy. And so that's what we're, we're, we're looking for um, as we go through the series. The verses I'm using around this, and we'll go, again, we'll go around these every, uh, every week, and that is 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 through 23. And this is where... Paul's writing to the Corinthians. He says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to that law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. 
When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ, but I do not ignore the law of God. And that's the key thing here. So when I talk about the things and I talk about a lot of the scenarios that we're looking at through this series, I'm not in any way saying that, you know, we need to involve ourselves in the sinful lifestyle of some of the, the people that we talk about. But we need to understand, and, and, and when we see the things that they are going through in our experience and are doing, we still need to have an understanding of that and maybe why they're doing it. So we, we, make, we can still emp- you know, have empathy with them, but not, ex- you know, not jump in and, and do the things that they are doing. So I want to express that. He said, you know, so, but I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. In most translations, this say, I become all things to all men so that I may save some. And in the last verse, I do everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessings. So last week, we looked at three different people. It was Christine, Jacob, and, and Caleb, uh, Caleb, right? was the, the last one. I, my, my mind just went blank on that, on that last one for some reason. Huh? And, and so the first one we started with, and, and to give you some background if you didn't watch last week, Christine grew up in a horrible childhood uh, where she was abused physically and sexually. In a sing, with a, she had a single mom. Um, she had abusive relationships, and then when she was 16, she, you know, found out she was pregnant and she had an abortion. And we, and we kind of looked at some of the things that, if you do some searches or around social media and, and the internet around this stuff, and if you were in her situation, you saw things that, if I were the, was this person and I was in their shoes, then there was no way I would uh, show any interest in in coming and being part of church. Because of that, and so what I wanted to do, and I said last week that was you know that, that was a hard thing to look at when you when you see some of the things and you you see that people actually do and, and say some of the things that they say. So what I wanted to look at this week was you know how can we change that or how can that look different? And so one of the things with Christine, and we're going to continue her story, was you know several years after she had had gone through and had the abortions and stuff. She started, and this happens in a lot of instances, and they'll, they'll try to say that it doesn't, but it does. You know, for the most part, there are a lot of depression, anxiety, um, you know, psychological issues with women who have abortions. Now, it's not a, it's not a blanket thing, it's not a, but there is a lot, because there, it's a mental thing that you know of, and I'm not going to get into the details of it, but there's a ton of studies around it. So she starts to, to ask maybe some of these questions, and for her, luckily for her, she, she, you know, one of her co-workers is a Christian, and that Christian invites her to church. So there's several ways or directions that this scenario can go to, and there's more than two, but I'm going to lay out two kind of more common um, directions or layouts that this can actually go. But the first one is, so we, we have two different directions, and... We have experience one we're going to talk about. So Christine's co-worker, I didn't give her a name, but we'll just say her, her co-worker invited her to come to church with her. And so there's two different experiences or two different ways this can go. And, and some of these we may even experience ourselves because I know I have. The first one, 
You walk in and she invites you to this church and you walk in and it's a very unfriendly church. No, no, no one's really smiling. You see some people, no one really says hey to you. And the people who, you know, do see you, 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 kind of, you can kind of watch them and they, they see you as you walk in and they actually you can see them go to avoid you. You know, it's like, well, I don't want to really, you know, have that interaction. It's like they're scared to death of you. And, and so you go in and, and you sit down and we're going to say that maybe your friend who you work with or, or who she worked with knew that that particular Sunday they were going to be doing a, say, a series or maybe a lesson on, on, on abortion or, or something around that. And so that's why she invited her. So maybe it would be good for her to, to have this experience and to you know, see what the, the Bible has to offer. But then the person who gives the lesson, you know, they get up and they, they start to talk about it. And, and the things they talk about is, you know, how evil abortion is and how everyone who, you know, all these people are murderers and they're all going to hell and, and all these things. It's kind of this hellfire brimstone type sermon. And, you know, you have someone in the audience who has had an abortion and who has done these things. And what do you think her reaction is going to be? <laughs> Not good, right? It's going to make her feel very unwelcome. Go ahead. So to repeat what Steve said, basically he was in an audience where this happened, something similar to this happened, and he got up afterwards and, and said, you know, we got, you know, talked about God's grace and forgiveness for, for those who have. And, and that's what we need to do. And because if, there are a lot of times, especially abortion, it's a very passionate issue for us Christians, as it should be. But we have to learn how to express that passion in a way that's not going to you know, run someone who may have been through that situation off. Because a lot of times, like I, I talked about last week, we live in our own little bubble sometimes, and we forget that there are people out there who go through situations and go through horrible life experiences and make decisions that they feel that's the only decision they have at the time. And so we need to be there for them to help them pick up those pieces after, after the fact. And so there are a lot of times, and I've, I've been in it, I, I've seen it where, you know, these kind of things have been said, if not from the pulpit or the stage, but from the audience, you know, itself, if there's a, a class or, you know, some things like that said as well. So, and this is why these two perspectives are important to see, because yes, there's truth in what's said about abortion being murder, and then those, you know, that practice it and, and continue, you know, they don't seek forgiveness. Yes, there, the Bible talks about their, their faith. But there's a way to present that without, you know, kind of the hellfire brimstone bringing someone completely <laughs> down and, you know, scaring them to death and running them off when doing it. So then we can look at experience two or, or direction two where they, they invite her in. And maybe, maybe this is a situation where the friend knows, again, we talked about the friend knows the background. So maybe she gives some of the people who've 
are going to greet her a heads up of, okay, this is the situation, kind of give her a little bit of background information. And so they, when they see her, they're warm and welcoming, right? When she walks up, they're warm and welcoming. When she comes in the building, you know, everyone introduces her, treats her like family. She feels like when she walks through the door, you know, immediately that this is, man, these people are just super friendly and, and warming. And you, as she's going through, you know, someone hands her some information about ministries that are in the church. And one as she's flipping through the, the little pamphlet on the ministries, she sees one ministry, you know, and it's called the Unplanned Pregnancy Ministry. And the title of it's Embrace Grace. And this is actually a, a true ministry. I'm not going to tell you where, but it, but it is. And, you know, it talks about how, you know, it talks about those people who have had unplanned pregnancies or are in the midst of it and maybe they had had an abortion of how, you know, we can come about and how forgiveness is, is on us. And then, so that same Sunday, again, we're in the same situation where the, there's going to be a lesson on, on this particular subject of abortion. And the minister or teacher, whoever gets up, has a lesson on it, but does it in a way where, yes, it's, we see that it's a, 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 something that's condoned. It's, it's, you know, God does not approve of this. But at the same time, he talks about the, the love and forgiveness and grace, like Steve just talked about, of Christ. And then maybe even, take it a little bit further, maybe there's some real-world examples of women in the church who have gone through that and have come through and, and given their life to Christ. And maybe they give a testimony, or maybe you know, there's, they're, they're available for you. If you need to, you can go and talk to them, and they can talk about their experience with you and uh, you know, what, the way they've come through it. So now, let me ask you this. If you go through these two different examples, which one are you going to stay, and which one are you going to run away from? Right? That's, that's pretty obvious. And then this is the kind of stuff that, that I think sometimes we overlook is because there's a lot of times that we do not put ourselves in these people's shoes when, they, when we know they're coming when they're going to walk in the door. You know, especially someone like me. I mean, they're, they're, they're not everyone who's in the church. Obviously, we have people who have, have had rough backgrounds and, and have gone through a lot of things. You know, someone like me, it's a little bit harder for me to put myself in someone like this's shoes because I've never had to experience that or see it. So the best I can do is show empathy and, and try my best, but you never really know. But if you can take someone who's done it, been through it, lived through it, and converted, and you can connect them, then you just you know, wholeheartedly you're going to be able to change that situation so much better. So that's kind of Christine's experience. And, and what we want to see in this, you know, in a day in the life, we want to see experience two happening in the church. You know, where people walk in with, with a ton of past baggage, and we have people in the church who've experienced that same baggage and are willing to work with those who are coming in and help them relieve that and show them, hey, look, you know, you're, you're not the only one, you're not lost, we can help you get through this. And then the same thing in a, in a lot of our messages too, you know, you know, a lot of people, and I'll, I'll take a side, I was going to do it at the end, but I'll do it now. A lot of people say, well, Chad, you're just watering down the message. You know, you're watering down the, the Bible. And, it, and that's not the case. If you, if you look at the way Christ, you know, those same people would actually accuse Christ of watering down the message then. Because if you look at his experience and how he treated every single person from, from Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, from the woman at the well, to the lady caught in adultery, to everyone who was in a life of a very sinful lifestyle, he was very compassionate. He was truthful with them, but in a loving way. He, he didn't, you know, bark at them and, and, and just, you know, attack them. And, and he, you know, he, he, 
he, I, I believe he showed empathy for them. I, I think he, he knew, you know, he could see, he knew what they were going through, what they were experiencing, and he was able to connect with them and show them compassion. Still told them the truth at the same time, but was, did it in a loving way. All right, so last week we looked at, the second one was Jacob. And to give you, for those who were not here last week, Jacob's background, um, he, he was born to two parents and... and Obviously, all of us are born to two parents, but uh, they were married when he was born, but as a toddler, they, were, um, they got a divorce. He was raised by, they both actually, at that point, came out as, as gay, uh, his father and his mother, but he was raised by his mom and her partner. And we talked about a lot of the, the fact that they were active in gay rights uh, events and parades and the, some of the horrific things that you know, were get said to him and you know, all the way up to the fact that urine was, was thrown on him. So if we catch up with Jacob after, you know, midway through his childhood, about high school age, Jacob has a close friend who is a member of a, a local church, and she invites him to come to church and experience with him. Well, his background, he's very hesitant because of the things that he has seen and the things that have happened to him, but she convinces him to come. And I'm only going to do... Well, actually, I'm going to do both. So he's in high school at this point. So the Jacobs here is a little bit younger than what Christine was when she started going into church. And his best friend, who's, you know, I say his best friend, a good close friend of his, invites him in. So he could have two experiences, and, and we'll go through this. And so he could go into experience one, and he could go to, he went to the youth group events that they were having at the church. And we could have someone, you know, get up and, and talk about, homosexuality and how it's an abomination and how they're all going to hell and you know the, some of the things that we see the rhetoric we see a lot of times either you know uh, in, on in comments and on Facebook and social media and even on the media itself <clears throat> and kind of we could live up to or that congregation that experience could live up to how the media tries to portray, portray us and people try to portray us in, in the real world or you know, obviously, if he goes in and has an experience like this, he's not going to stay. He's not going to come back to that, and, and he's not going to have anything to do it. Or he could have an experience where he comes in, and it's a youth group meeting, and he sees they talk about this subject, similar like they talked about the abortion sub subject at the other church. And there's, a, again, a message of how it's wrong and how what the Bible says about it, but at the same time, there is love and compassion and grace and, and an invitation to those, you know, an openness to those who may have that lifestyle to come in and to still worship with them and to be part of them. But again, not, not condone it, but hey, look, you're invited here and we're, we want to work with you. So later on, he continues to go. Jacob continues to go with this friend. And then he's converted. And he becomes a Christian. And then as he grows up and he goes into college, he decides, you know what, I'm going to become a preacher. And he becomes a preacher. And as a preacher, he then converts his mom and his dad and his mom's partner. Through the showing the same kind of love, grace, and acceptance. And to this day, Jacob still preaches and teaches and one of his main focuses that he preaches on is what the Bible says about homosexuality 
and how to convert those who, who struggle with that or live in that lifestyle. So let me ask you this. Do you think option two or experience two could have happened through experience one? <laughs> I'm sorry, experience two was the, the uh, I'm sorry, I might have gone through it real quick, too quick. Yeah, yeah, condemned it right away. I mean, so, and, and that's the thing is, you know, it's amazing what can happen if you, if you show that, that compassion and that, that empathy. You know, if someone walks into a, a, a congregation and, you know, there, there's this teaching on it and it's, just, it's, constant, it's all condemnation, you know, even in the, you know, I've been in, in, in somewhere, you walk in and from the opening prayer to the closing prayer, it, you know, it's, it's talking about this particular subject of homosexuality. I mean, they mention it in prayers and how let's get rid of it and, and, and those kind of things. You know, and so there's a way to go about that, but you've got to learn, especially as a church, if we're going to tilt ourselves or try to open ourselves to opening ourselves to the outside world, we're going to have to learn how to show compassion, and how to, to empathize with people who come from all these different backgrounds. Because if we, we get up and we say things, you know, these absolute statements with, you know, with, with just harsh undertones and what's going to happen, you know, it's going to drive people away. You're not going to, to, to run people. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, people will accuse you if you don't, if you don't do the, the fire and brimstone and the, and the say it like it is type, type things. You know, then you'll be accused of watering down the message, and and I don't think that's the case. I think you can take it and you can you can present the message in a way similar to how Christ did in a, in a loving way, but still let people know that you know this is wrong. But this is the options that we have to you know the love and the grace that's behind it. <clears throat> so that's Jacob's story, and then the last one. Sorry. I, was Justin. And so Justin's background was, you know, basically he, he grew up in everyday America-type lifestyle of, you know, had two parents, middle income, <clears throat> you know, you know, not an absent father or anything like that, loving parents, but he just got mixed up, and he had, you know, a, a, we'll just call it an addictive-type personality, and he got addicted to drugs and alcohol and pornography and just struggled with it real bad. And so, as Justin got older, we talked about his experience of trying to, to, to look up some information about church and trying to get himself better. But there was just a lot, of, when, when he looked it up and did some of these searches, there was just a lot of just hateful things out there that he, he saw. So Justin decided, you know what, I, if I'm going to get myself better, then I need to do something about it. And he didn't like the, the what he saw about going to the church idea, so he thought, well, I'm going to go to either AA or... or I think it's called NA for Narcotics Anonymous, um, but Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and work through that. So he, he gets involved in, in that, and he becomes friends with someone in, in, his, in his group, and they invite him to church. And he, he, he's, he's reluctant, and he kind of pushes him off for a while, but then one day he says, you know what, I'll, I'll go. And he goes and... We're going to kind of go through. So experience one, he goes. And they're kind of friendly, you know, not, not standoffish. They welcome him. Um, he's invited. You know, he feels invited and kind of, kind of welcome and, and a little bit of warmth there. But they, they, maybe they talk about this subject a little bit. 
And, you know, and some of the comments that are said is, you know, you just got to show them tough love. And, or if he, they really wanted to get clean, then they'd really get clean and, and they'd make their lives better. And, and you know, some of like, they're trying to be helpful. And they, you know, some of the things that they're saying, you know, they feel like they're, they're trying to be helpful. But there's really no one there that's really ever gone through it or experienced it and, and can help guide it. So it wasn't a horrible experience, but it wasn't the best. And so it kind of pushed him away a little bit. And so he's like, well, I'm just going to stick with my AA group and, and, and go through there. And that can, that can be, I've seen that happen before. I've, I've walked into scenarios or sat in classes where uh, I've seen things like that said. But it could be experience too, where he goes into church. And as he walks in, it's very open and loving. You know, friendly like the other one, but maybe a little bit more. And then you, you, they hand you some literature maybe. And, and you look and, and, and you're going through and you know, seeing the different ministries that they have. And one of the ministries is Celebrate Recovery. And you start, you know, reading into it, and you see that it's a it's a group of Christians who, or you know, that run it. Doesn't have to be all Christians, but but they they celebrate recovery and have a program for it at the church where it's around using Christ and His love and His guidance through the Bible of helping people who've had some sort of addiction or sinful lifestyle or problem come in and and walk through the recovery. And then as you see some of the people talk about it you see that it's actually former addicts helping current addicts, you know, recover. And so because they know what they've been through and they, and they know, you know, what they've experienced and they can help guide them along and bring them through the, the process. And so Justin decides, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become, I'm going to belong to this. These people are really trying to help me. And through that process, you know, Justin's converted and, 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 and becomes a Christian. Again, what's the difference between one and two there? Because this one's a little different. You know, the other one's one and two. There's a pretty stark contrast, right? You know, of, you know, the, the damnation side of things to, you know, to the very loving and open grace side of things. This one's a little bit closer. They were friendly on number one and trying to be helpful on number one. But number two, they, they, they took it a step further, right? They, they went above and beyond with, with actually having a program and having former addicts that they've, that they've re- recovered and, and helped out because they know people who've been there and done that and, and can help them get through it. And that's kind of the, the points that I, I've been, I'm trying to, to get to and help people understand because there's some common denominators in these and these different things here under these different situations. And I'm going to ask this question for the group in here and, and those out there who can ask. What was the one thing that all three of these had in common as to why they came to show up at church? Reached out to them. Right. And tried to help them where they were at and, and guide them in the right direction. They all had a friend. They all had a friend, right? They all had a friend who invited them. It wasn't the preacher or an elder or, or a deacon, although that's, we're supposed to do that. They had a friend who they invited to church, right? Or they had a friend who invited them to church, all right? The ones who were successful, what's the, 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 the experienced twos in all of these that were able to, when someone was invited and showed up, what was the common denominator in all three of those? 
They showed love and compassion and grace. They were ready for them. Right? They expected them to come and be there and were ready for them to be there. And then the third thing, which, which um, the, the, the message style and the things that are said to them and the comments said to them, you know, if they sat in, it was, was truth, but it was done in, in love and compassion and grace. And that's the, that's the, that's the, the experience and the things that I, I want us to look at ourselves. Now, as our, from our, our, my perspective of, of our church here in Lake Park, I think we do a pretty good job in, in a lot of these areas. But with anything, I always think there's room for improvement. There's always ways to get better and, and to go above and beyond. And I would almost put us in the category of, the, of um, Justin with, you know, very friendly, but just maybe not have enough experience yet to help someone in that situation. I don't know if we, if we have that. You know, if, or if we do, are, are we ready for it? And are we prepared for, for something like that? And so th those are the, the different kind of areas I look at. And so how is our worship experience? How, how would most of you in here, and you can at home can, can you know, answer yourselves or, or comment on it, if you come in here, how do you feel like our worship experience is for the most, for the most part? For someone who would be on the out, from an outsider's point of view. Traditional. Very traditional. How about our messages for the most part? I'm not picking on Dad. I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, you know, how how do we from a from a from a communication standpoint, or from how we we met our messages go out to people? How do you think they're received for the most part from someone not in the church from from an outsider perspective? And you can answer, Dad, because <laughs> you give a lot of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, uh, you know, one of, one of your dad's greatest strengths, and this is what, you know, whether it's here on, you know, on the pulpit or if it's over at GCS, is, you know, he, he talks to people and he teaches people from a realistic standpoint. And he's also not someone who, you know, points the finger and says, you don't do this, you know. He lets people know, you know what, just like me, I'm human, I've screwed up, I've made mistakes, and, he, and that's very real to people. Yeah. And I think that realism is what makes... Uh, Marvin's so successful in what he's doing and the messages that he sends forth. That realism is something that not everybody pushes forward in our, in, in, you know, within the church itself. Yes, yes. So to wrap up what Terry, uh, to summarize it, because it was good, it <laughs> worked for a <word>, yeah. <laughs> Basically, and I, I've said this, and I've said this before, is if, you, if you've ever sat in, in, in a lot of Dad's messages, and even in his classes, you know that most of his messages and also it's very it's a down to earth very I, I call it salt of the earth type type messages of look you know I, I'm no better I've been through the same things I've done probably worse than you have sitting out in the in the auditorium and, and I think people can relate to that and I, I think that's part of like what Terry said what makes him as a preacher be so successful and his messages be so successful I've seen people who are very intelligent have very good degree, you know, say very good degrees, have a lot of degrees, you know, masters, doctorates, and all that stuff, who were good speakers, but because they could not, I say, show that empathy, 
get in other people's shoes, their 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 messages and their and their their the way they talked, it was almost like they were talking down at you. You know, that you were up here, he was up here, and they were down there. And so I don't think that's intentional, but I think it's a, it's a learned thing. One, I think it's learned, but two, I think some of that you've had to gone through it yourself. And then that's why we talk about, you know, things like, you know, having someone, you know, I, I love, um, oh, shoot, on the abortion issue, the Robertson, I think it's Al Robertson's wife, I forget her name, when I, when I off the top of my head. But she is actually, she writes about this. She actually did have an abortion, and she writes about it, and she talks about, you know, and having people like that in your church, you know, obviously it's not like we're not going to go, hey, who's done this? But if you have someone who, who can open up about that and say, look, I've been through this, and walk others through it, or maybe talk someone out of it who may be, you know, considering it, have that option, you know, having that unplanned, unplanned pregnancy type um, option you know a lot nowadays or sometimes in the church it's you know you're you're looked down upon or or you're kicked out or you're you know if if you have an unplanned pregnancy there is no you know you're welcome let's show you grace it's well you messed up see you later and so we've got to change the mindset um around those type of things so we need to have that those experiences available for people so beyond just our worship experience and when people come in here you know, yes, I, I agree with Terry. I think we are, you know, the Church of Christ in general is, is more traditional. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And actually, if you see and if you look at some of the, the studies that's out there, um, some of the newer generations are actually looking for more of that realistic, almost traditional type experience. That They don't want something that's a, a show. They want something that, that feels real and, and feels intimate. And so there's some... I think there's some positive benefit about, about being that. But I, I agree. I think for the most part, if someone comes into this building, no matter their background or what they've done, they're going to feel welcomed and opened. Go ahead. Question. I have, since I've been a minister, made it a point after every service to hone in my radar on visitors. Yep. I, I, I've upset some members because I was <laughs> spend a long time talking with them about something. Because I'm leaving them and going to the visitors. And, and I grab the visitors and I always ask them because I want to know what they, you know, how, what their experience, you know, that morning, that evening, whenever it was, what their experience was. And, and for the vast majority, they have always given a, and maybe some of them just being friendly, I don't <laughs> know, but the vast majority of them really sing the praises of the church here and said, they felt welcome as soon as they come in the door. Some people say we felt like family as soon yep. as we walked in the door. We've had several members of other congregations that have visited us that have also said the same thing. Yep. So that's to our credit, I think. Not uh, that we can't do better, but no. I, I think we are at least headed in the right direction. Well, and to speak to that a little bit, you know, Dad talks about how he hones in on visitors, and he does. I mean, in, even in our meetings, the last thing that Dad talks about every meeting is make sure that we improve on greeting our visitors. We can always improve that. But one of the things we started doing here in the, the beginning of this year, we actually started sending a survey to people who visited, asking them, hey, what did you think of our services and where can we improve? And for the most part, the same thing that Dad said, you know, and that's a area where they're not sitting in front of your face, they're typing a keyboard and say whatever they want. Most of it was a positive, not to pat ourselves on the back, but most of it was a positive. There was some things, hey, I would like, this would be nice to see, and this would, so it's good for us to see those because, you know, we, we, we get 
in our ruts sometimes in the church, and we, we, you, you get in that zone, and you kind of tune some things out sometimes, so it's good to see. So beyond our worship experience here, because the idea, and one of the things I'm trying to push and, and I want to push is, you know, our evangelism and our, our experience in reaching out to the world needs to be beyond the four walls of this church. So my question then is, what kind of Christian influence do you have? You know, think about what are the things that you say or have said. You know, and I look back sometimes, and I look back at some of the things that I've said to people, and I cringe almost because it's like, you know, at the time I thought, you know, I, I was doing great and I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, and then you look back and it's like, man, that was not useful at all. And in fact, that probably drove that person away. Go ahead. I've written sermons that I've preached 20 years ago that I've since thrown in the trash. Yeah. So Dad just mentioned in, in, uh, that he wrote written sermons that he preached 20 years ago that he's thrown in the trash. And, and I can think about that. I mean, there's things that I've, I've written, and I, you know, I can go through my Facebook, and, and there's times where I want to go back through my Facebook 10 years ago and just want to delete some of the things that I, and I hope no one ever goes back and looks at all of them. Because you know, at the time you think, well, you're, you're trying to prove your point, you're trying to show what's right, you're trying to stand firm, but then at the same time you're just driving people away. You know? and, and maybe it's truth of what you're speaking, and, and maybe some of the things that you're sharing, yeah, there's a truth to it. But it's, it's not the truth in, in love, right? It's just plain truth. And, and sometimes there's, I, I've seen some things that are shared, and there's no love behind it. And in fact, it's the exact, exact opposite. There's, there's some you know, animosity, and there's some, I won't say hate because that's a strong word, but there's some really strong feelings behind some of the things that, that are shared. And so, you know, you, you think about that. You, you, you know, just kind of think back. I mean, you probably do it just the last week and, and think back of through. What is everything that then you think of the things that you've said to people or that you've commented to people or, or have said about people and to them or maybe you got back to them and, and you wonder, is, is this the experience or is this the Christian influence that I want others to see if I'm going to try to get them in the church? And, and I think a lot of this goes back to we become, as, as churches, we become so insider-focused that... <coughs> We get to, you know, when, when you're constantly only seeing these things on, from the inside and you're not seeing things from an outside stand, standpoint and a point of view, it gets easy to get into that, that mindset of, well, this is right, this is wrong, you should know better, right? And, and so you, you lose that empathy that you have, you know, with, with, with connecting with people. So I, I think we need to make sure we open up and we connect with, with, with people outside of our, our just our Christian world. That's another problem so many times, too, is we become just, you know, all of our friends, and this is this is good, right? I mean, we need to have Christian friends, but that's all of our friends, right? We don't even, like, if someone's not a Christian, we don't hardly have anything to do with them. And so how are we going to influence someone if we don't befriend people who are not Christians? And so I think sometimes we've, we've got to step out of that, our little bubbles a little bit, and expand that so we can bring other people into it. So that's kind of my, my first scenario. It's, it's, I don't know how I feel like about going through the rest of them. I may change it up a little bit. But I told my sister and I promised her I'd tell her which one of those um, was actually a true story. And the true story is Jacob. Uh, he was the one that was born to um, uh, parents who divorced when he was a toddler. And they both, his parents decided they were both gay. And so... He did, was raised by his mom and her partner. And they did go to um, 
they were very active in the gay pride events and the marches, and he did, you know, he talks about the, 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 all the things that were said to him by quote-unquote Christians, even to the point of having urine thrown on him as a kid. And growing up, he had a friend, I, won't, I don't remember if it was his best friend, but it was a close friend, who invited him to church. She invited him to church. And he went, and it was a wonderful experience. And it, you know, this, they, it was a youth event where they talked about love and grace and, and forgiveness for everyone. And it wasn't the, the damnation and the condemnation and the, all this, you know, everyone's going to hell type thing. It was a very loving and open. And so eventually he was saved became a Christian, and then grew up, you know, continued to go into, in, through the church, even though his mom, you know, moms didn't agree. And then he did go into seminary and become a preacher. And he, he talks about the day that um, he was preaching and he invited his, his two moms and dad to come, and then he talks about the, them coming and then that experience of actually converting them and, and changing, helping them change their lifestyle. All because someone who was close to him invited him to church, and that experience of going through that was one of love and compassion, and not one of you know talking down and and, and ha- almost hatefulness around that situation. That can be hard for us sometimes. But uh, and then the rest of those scenarios, they're they're I say true stories. They're not one particular person. They're testimonies from from different people who've gone through a different experiences the good and the bad. Um, but I wanted to kind of show the, those different spotlights and those different ways of, of how things and how we are seen and how you can be seen even though you may not mean to and how you need to be aware of and, and show a, an a awareness to how you reflect and how you, how you come off to people. And so I thought that was interesting. I thought I actually heard Jacob's story probably several years ago. I was listening to a podcast. And just listening to that podcast of his his life and his story and his mom's and and and, and his dad and and the things that they they went through, you know, it, it was heartbreaking to listen to. It really was. But you know, to hear him come out the other end of that because someone showed him what Christ was really like, and to see what can come out of that, what was very uplifting to to see that on 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 the other side of it. And so. That's, that's what I want us to be. I want us to be those friends who invite the people to church that maybe other people wouldn't even invite to church because of, you know, maybe their past is so bad or, or, or because of some of the things that they have done. You know, sometimes, you know, and, and that's my question, and, and I was going to ask this in the, in the first round, but I wanted to wait to the end. You know, are, are we the kind of church where you feel comfortable inviting someone like that? Yeah, I, I personally think we are. I would be comfortable. But, but, but think about that. It, it is a lot of the churches that maybe you've attended or, or you, know, you, you know of, would you be comfortable inviting them to go to that particular church? And if not, then we as a whole, we need to look at, you know, why not? And what do we do to change those experiences and change you know, how we approach people with different backgrounds and different lifestyles? So that is the experience, I guess, or the day in the life of someone who is what we consider unchurched or has very little church experience. i got two minutes. Any thoughts? Harry. Paul, Paul wrote, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Yeah. And 
And I think that's where we struggle. I, every one of us is having and displaying the heart of Jesus to everyone that's out there. Because if we're, uh, if we're looking at how we treat people on a daily basis, regardless of their background and what they go through, if we, as, in, as Christians, could focus on trying to do that, just having and displaying the heart of, that Jesus had, how he treated people. Part of that is actually getting in the Bible and reading this yes. and understanding it and seeing it and not listening to Joe Fred or whoever, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's getting in it ourselves to really understand how Jesus treated people. Uh, and I think we did that. That that helps us because it's, it's the, it lays out how you treat people. Yeah. So I would say displaying the heart of Jesus. Yeah. Along that same line, Terry saying, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, a very, uh, in a very sinful city, in the city of Corinth. He says in verses 9 and 10, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And he names names. Mm -hmm. And he says, Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, homosexuals, thieves, the covetous, drunkards, revilers, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So he taught the truth. Yeah. See, that, that, I, I don't want people to miss that point. Yeah. But then he says in verse 11, such were some of you, yeah. but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of our God. Yeah. So they, I think that's the key. He didn't sugarcoat things. He called sin, sin, but but he did it in, as, as you, we've studied at the beginning in a in a way that he become all things to all men so that he could bring them to Christ. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we're talking about here that yes. we have to do. Yeah. And I agree. And so for those who did not hear, to sum up, because I got less than a minute, um, Terry talks about, you know, showing a heart of, of like, like Christ, being, you know, reflecting Christ in, in who we are. And, and same thing with Dad. It talks about, you know, we, we reach out to those people, but, you know, we tell the truth, but we do it in, in a loving way and, and say, look, you know, we can even say, look, I was the same way. I, these are some of the same things that I did and, and can continue that message. And I, I tell you, if we, if we can, not, I, mean, I don't think we're ever going to master this, but, but if we can get this right and, and do this really well and connect and show empathy toward people, then, then you will get a whole lot more people in, this, in the building and you'll be able to connect because it's needed. I, I think needed even more. I think there's a, a sense of loneliness and even more, separation now that we're all stuck in our houses and, and people you know are having to deal with a lot of that that that's hard on especially people who are going through a lot and so i think this is a time now where we can reach out to those people especially when we start meeting back get them in here and be like look this, this is who we are this is what we're about let's show you the love of christ and show you what that can be like so i'm i'm, I'm over by a couple of minutes but um next week we will look at things from a, a christian standpoint of those who've grown up in the church and some of the things that they experienced growing up in the church. Thank you.